Welcome to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, the place to get up-to-the-minute information for cutting-edge learning design. Today, we're going to be looking at engagement. Engagement when we're facilitating hybrid learning. Graham, why do you think that's so important? I think it's so important because if you look at what we've seen over the last 12 months, when we've been trying as hard as we have to engage virtual learners, everything that we've learned in that 12 months is absolutely just as applicable in the hybrid learning as it was in what we called just virtual learning, because half your group is going to be remote. It's, if anything, even harder to engage when you've got this mix, this hybrid group. You've got to engage the people in the room, but crucially, you've got to engage really effectively with those people who aren't physically in the room. It's back to that idea about the rumours and the Zoomers that we talked about last week. Yes, it is. It's really important that the learning time is value add, not just for those in the room, but those who are remote. We have to be super effective in assuring that each minute of time in the hybrid workshop is truly value add. What would you mean by value add, Joanne? I know the phrase, but what do you mean every minute's got to be value add? Well, I think sometimes we spend too much time in a virtual classroom going back over the basics or trying to trigger recall of previously learned information. And one of the things that we've been playing around with that we've found to be really effective is this idea of pre-work and post-work. It's a warm-up activity, if you will. We've done a variety of uh, variations of the pre-work and sometimes we've done just you know read this article kinds of warm-up emails introducing we've also done some videos and the videos have been really effective to connect to us and introduce us as uh, facilitators and that's helpful but it's nice to have a little follow-up especially in the corporate arena that post-work homework if you'd like um, just by a different name Uh, reminds them of the material that they've just learned and encourages them to apply it. It's that reminder a day or two later that they invested a lot of time and those key points, what do we think they should be applying on the job? It can be really value-add. And those are good examples, aren't they, of ways that you're actually engaging with learners, be they rumors or Zoomers. You're doing things before the workshop and after the workshop to connect with them and to make sure that the time you spend in the workshop itself is going to deliver that value add. That's right. Blended learning can be a really beneficial uh, concept to include in any program that you lead. By giving individuals time to engage with the material in advance, you're activating all of that um, relevant experience that they've had, trying to really get them to think about why they signed up for the workshop and what the value of the content is to their current work. That preparation may be particularly useful to virtual participants who often have a lot more challenges engaging in the live programs. 
keep in mind that while e-learning courses are often a default option for blended audiences, they're not the only types of resources that you can share. I mean, there's lots of things, articles, blogs, videos, any of those materials that you would normally include in an e-learning can be included for these virtual workshops as well. Now, you've been thinking about how to best engage uh, hybrid groups. Tell me more about that, Graham. Yeah, well, I think it's back to this idea, Joanne, that you've got the, the rumours and the Zoomers, and, and they're in very, very different positions. And, and I think it's a big risk that we run that the Zoomers constantly feel almost a second-class citizen. They're not there in the room, and the sensation is watching what's happening rather than being engaged in what's happening. So I think both instructional designers, when they're putting together hybrid workshops, and facilitators when they're running them, I've got to think a little bit differently. And when I say think a little bit differently, that there's at least a couple of, I think, big ideas or big themes. I think... Honestly, we should talk about thinking digitally first. Because I think these Zoomers, these virtual participants, sometimes feel that they're an afterthought, you know, just like compared to the people who are in the workshop. I think as you design a session, you should be really putting their needs ahead of the people who are in the room. So, I mean, for example, if you're going to do maybe a, a brainstorm activity, um, if you're going to use, or I'd encourage you to use a, a digital whiteboard or, or annotate something and ask the in-person participants then to contribute through their laptops. So we're actually using the mechanism that is necessary for the Zoomers and asking the Roomers to use that as well. So the priority is the need of the Zoomers we're actually going to participate as a group using technology. Does that make sense to, to kind of prioritize their needs? And, and if you want, you know, breakout rooms, for example, you know, it will be a virtual breakout room. People in the room can actually be connected through their PC. So you would need them to have that their tools, that their PCs in the workshop so they can actually use technology to connect and collaborate with people who aren't in the workshop. That's an intriguing concept. In the past, I think facilitators have resisted allowing the in-person folks to uh, bring their laptops, discouraging it even, um, sort of like leave your phone at the door and your laptop, don't bring in technology so you can be focused. Um, it's sort of going back on some of those uh, old time concepts and encouraging them to bring their laptops. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's very consciously, as I say, putting digital first, putting the Zoomers as the priority. And we're going to do that because that gets the best engagement with the Zoomers and we as Roomers can use their same or the same tools i.e. the technology to connect. I just think that's prioritizing these people who sometimes historically have felt like the second class citizen. And, and, and connected to that, I think the second kind of theme or idea is how hard you've got to work to, if you like, invite connection. And you've got to be really conscious about connecting with the virtual learners. You know, if you're there in the workshop, 
people who are on site or in the classroom, you know, they've got the benefit of the the more informal connections, you know, perhaps during the coffee break and perhaps even as they come into the workshop, into the room itself. And, and it's really hard for the people who are dialing in, who are zooming in to, to experience that. So I think you've got to really work hard. I think I would really encourage facilitators specifically to make these opportunities for, for everybody to connect. So, for example, invite people to join the virtual room, maybe 30 minutes ahead of time in, in an informal kind of way, like when people just walk into the room, you would make polite conversation and break the ice a little bit. I think we should be doing that in a virtual room. You know, we should have the virtual attendees being able to chat casually as they come in just to connect with people to get to know each other a little bit before the session starts and of course you know you'll do icebreakers you know, polls and things to, to engage people but you've really got to put the emphasis on doing things to connect with the virtual like you said before joanne a good example is the facilitator recording an introduction piece that would accompany typically the pre-work we found that's really beneficial, haven't we? Because I think people feel like they've at least put a face to a name and made a little bit of connection with you and I before we run a session. I think that's worked really well as an example of the kind of thing I'm talking about that are done for the benefit of the Zoomer to make that connection. But, but there's other things as well that we can do. Yes, there are. There are a few things that we think are important. Uh, when we're paying attention to shared voice, the number one challenge I think for remote learners during any hybrid meeting is being interrupted or talked over. And to reduce this kind of frustration and to really appeal to all those expressive folks who want to have their voice heard is to find other ways to engage your participants rather than simply talking out loud or asking some a question. If you have a question, unmute yourself. Well, what if two people have a question? Now they're talking over the top of each other. We're just not quite in the rhythm yet of saying, if you have a question, raise your digital hand. Uh, that allows that clue, and now you can call on someone. But it's that sort of clunkiness in the process that we're still working through. Now, simply uh, polling, putting comments in chat, small group breakout rooms, those are good ways to open up discussion as well to get input. Um, but there are some refinements, I think, that we can go through as we think about engagement. We get into lecture mode um, and in the classroom because we're physically present, that proximal relationship allows for a certain kind of engagement because you're right there in their space. But Zoomers don't have that. And so if you go into lecture mode and you haven't planned ahead of time to really build in uh, different kinds of engagement, uh, rhetorical questions, um, actual questions that you want them to respond to, and how you want them to respond. Um, I'm beginning to see uh, folks get more familiar with Zoom, but there are places that there are still gaps in their ability. I ran a workshop just this week where they had never used Annotate, and it was a company-wide um, meeting. They
they just never used annotate and so that sort of clunkiness walking them through it having to pause to get the feedback the first time just felt like there was additional delay and as a facilitator you've got to be okay with that um, dead time while they're turning the tool on and somebody doesn't use the typing text option they're busy trying to draw their response and you've got to coach them through it in a way that is fun and not threatening I mean there are challenges to get that shared voice expressed we've got to make the effort we've got to bring those zoomers along and not prioritize the rumors it is just too easy to focus on the folks that are right in front of you unless we really consciously prioritize the zoomers using techniques like that you know using the chat function to to express opinions using different ways and media that all favor the digital attendee i think that's the real emphasis or the key but but it's hard work I, I, i'm going to admit that you know you and i will will be bear testimony to that it, it's difficult the the key of course like anything in lnd that the, the key is practice um, mm -hmm. to, to get it get it right and i think we've we've all learned a lot about virtual delivery and i think we should take all of that learning or bring all of that learning into this idea of the hybrid workshop but i think we've got to go just that little step further and prioritize the zoomer ahead of the room when we're designing and when we're facilitating and i think if people have that mentality and i think if people practice doing this which something that feels very odd when you've got a half the group in front of you the inclination is to favor them and the real challenge is to resist that and to prioritize the zoomers the whole learning experience will be better for everybody if that's what we do can't help but agree with you um, the key has to be practice and I think when you make the point well that you have to call on the zoomers first as often as possible so that you're drawing them in and putting them as your priority and that's not always easy especially if you've got somebody in the room who's quite um, dominant that can be a little disruptive, but you don't ever want those Zoomers to go back to feeling like second-class citizens in the learning environment. I think that's the key, Joanne. They're not the second-class citizen. We've got to prioritize them. That will be to everybody's benefit. And that's how hybrid learning is going to work. Absolutely. Listeners, if you want to learn more about how to prioritize the Zoomer over the rumors, reach out to us at blueconsultingandresourcing.com. You've been listening to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, a regular podcast for cutting-edge learning design. <laughs>